Welcome to another look. Tonight we're going to go back a week and reflect on the question that a few uh, folks from congregation have asked, and that is in relationship to the number of times Jesus cleans the temple. So there are, uh, in each gospel, there's one example of Jesus cleaning the temple. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are known as the synoptic gospels. Synoptic meaning with sight, optic, like the optic nerve, sin is with in Greek. And so we have uh, the same viewpoint. And so if you read through Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they're kind of following the same uh, path. Their chron uh, chronology is pretty close. They, in a lot of places, share language. It's pretty uh, clear that they're either using each other or a similar source. But John also records Jesus' uh, cleaning of the temple, the cleansing of the temple, but he doesn't have it in the last week of Jesus' life, um, the week where, before the Passover. Uh, he actually situates it in um, John chapter 2. And so uh, I thought I'd just read part of it or kind of skip through it. If you want to follow along, it's John chapter 2. And in the Gospel of John, we have this uh, very lengthy first chapter, which um, the first part is a little more familiar, right? We have, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And then uh, we have that well-known verse in uh, verse 14, uh, where the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And then we hear about uh, John the Baptist and sight of Jesus as the Lamb of God. And then Jesus begins his ministry in John chapter 2 with the turning of water into wine. And one of the things that we recognize right away in the Gospel of John is that uh, instead of picking out all of the, we'll call it small uh, chronology or a sort of a longer narrative, uh, or not longer narrative, but a quick snapshots of what's going on. John picks up on a few episodes and really builds them out. And so we have in chapter three, Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus, which is the whole chapter. Chapter four, woman at the well, it's a whole long chapter. And in chapter two, uh, we have the water and the wine and the cleansing of the temple. And it's evident that John is using these longer episodes to tell us something significant about Jesus. It's less about telling us an order of things. It's less about telling us uh, sort of the chronology of his life. And it's much more about filling out a specific aspect of who John understands Jesus to be. And so this is verse 12 of chapter 2. After this, Jesus went down to Capernaum. They stayed uh, for a few days. And when it was time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found men selling cattle, sheep, and doves, others sitting at tables exchanging money. He made a whip out of cords. The Synoptic Gospels don't necessarily pick up on this real strongly. And he drove all the temple uh, 
He drove all from the temple area, sheep and cattle, scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned the tables. To those who, over, uh, who sold doves, he said, get out. How dare you turn my father's house into a market? So the emphasis in this statement is less about the, the nations. It's less about this space being uh, about a connecting point to God, but it's more about a how the Jewish leaders have allowed the consumerist, the materialistic mentality to take hold of the temple. And then verse 17, his disciples remembered that it's written, zeal for your house will consume me. And then we go on to the text that we have a little bit reflected uh, this morning. The Jews demanded of him, what miraculous sign can you show us to prove your authority to do this? And Jesus says, destroy the temple, and I will raise it in three days. Now, his disciples remember later that he said this. Uh, verse 22, after he was raised from the dead, the disciples recalled what they, he said, and they believed his words. And so there's a sense in which the uh, comment that Jesus makes in John is all about uh, in anticipation of the temple being destroyed, and that the true temple is now Jesus. Jesus is the true temple. He is the place where God and humanity meet. He is the place where uh, the true sacrifice has uh, is found. He is the location where heaven and earth collide. And uh, John is really focused on showing us in this truth in sign form. But the question that we have is, what do we do about the fact that the synoptic gospels have this later and John has this at the beginning? Is this something where there's two temple cleansings? Now, if you do some reading around this, there are a number of reputable commentators who argue for this. Uh, one of the reasons they say this is that there's a, they want to emphasize the chronology of the Gospels. And they want to emphasize that it's more likely that Jesus would have done this twice than that John would have moved the event to earlier in the Gospels. And so there's a, there's a sense in which uh, some commentators, in order to try to reconcile these, try to put them together, uh, say that this is perhaps something that Jesus did Twice. Other commentators note that uh, in the turn of the millennium, in the you know zero BC, in that time frame, historians prioritize the writing of history differently. And so we have names like uh, Herodotus and uh, Thucydides and uh, Polybius. Uh, who are writing Greek histories. And one of the things that they do when we look at their histories, as we've learned over time, is that they're less uh, strict about ensuring that when you read from the beginning to the end, that you understand that you're moving from zero to 10, that you're starting in the 1600s with the landing of the pilgrims to 2024, where we are in history. And it's much more about uh, a commentary on what has happened and how it has shaped the understanding of this people as a nation. And so when we look at 
the writing of history in that time, there was a different set of rules or a different set of understandings that were used in order to write a history. It didn't make it less true, but the way it was understood to be true was governed by a, a different set of principles. And so when we read the Synoptic Gospels, it's evident that they are prioritizing uh, chronology. But when we read John, that is, uh, it's less, or it's, I should say it this way, it's understood that that is uh, farther down the priority list for John. That John is much more interested in telling us about the person and the work and the character and the meaning of Jesus. And so uh, when we understand the writing of history is a little different for some, we can understand and appreciate why the gospel writer John uh, could have moved that event to tell us something about Jesus. And so if we look at the gospel of John in the beginning of chapter 2, where John is telling us that Jesus' coming is the inauguration, it's the start of God's new celebratory party, that the Son of Man has come and we are to celebrate God's new kingdom arrived. And that this kingdom that has come, next story, the temple cleansing, is going to replace what was for centuries uh, true about God and his people, that Jesus is in the coming of his kingdom, uh, replacing that. And so uh, we can understand that. And then we go to John 3, Nicodemus, and the way in which John replaces the temple will mean that we need to be reborn, not through the sacrifices, not through the offerings, not through the old system, but through the power of the Spirit. And the Spirit is living water, chapter 4. And so we can see how John arranges these episodes to tell us about who Jesus is and what he's doing. And so my inclination, again, this is opinion, uh, my inclination is to see that John is, not, is using different principles to write the history of Jesus' life to help us understand uh, who he is and uh, what the temple cleansing means. And so uh, my sense is that there is one temple cleansing. Uh, it was a substantial event. And so if there had been two, it's likely that the disciples, in my view, it's more likely that the disciples would have recorded it twice than for John to say, this means something significant, and so I'm going to position it in my gospel in a way that helps people understand and appreciate the character of Jesus. And so this helps us uh, when we approach the gospels to, to, to remember that the, the principles used for writing gospels are different than the writing of a historical textbook that we would have today. And that doesn't mean it's less true. Uh, in fact, I would argue it makes it more true because the Holy Spirit is inspiring these gospel writers to tell us about how God is choosing to reveal himself to us 
uh, in the ways that these gospel writers uniquely saw, understood, and were impacted by Jesus himself. If you have questions, please don't hesitate to follow up, but uh, let's pray. We thank you, God, for the writing of uh, the, your word, for the, the people who wrote it, for the way your spirit inspires it, for the way that it has been cared for, that it's been passed down to us. And there are times where we see discrepancies or things that make us wonder about how they fit together. And as we've reflected tonight, um, we do want to humbly ask that your spirit would uh, convict us and more fully help us to believe and trust that these are your words. Uh, to that end, we pray your grace in Christ's name.